What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. And they're wagging him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off. Hello and welcome in everybody to episode 113 of the Bases Loaded podcast. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And there's just so much going on. I decided, couldn't wait, had to get on here. So this is going to be a solo podcast. But there's just between the, the news and notes, between COVID, injuries, this weekend has been wild. There's been players going crazy. People are overreacting, underreacting, depends on how you look at it. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything tonight. We're going to talk about the lineups. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but if you, like I said, if you go to my Twitter at Mike underscore Curland, you'll see I've been doing these uh, these uh, lineup breakdowns and kind of taking away news and notes from the lineups every day, kind of monitoring, seeing who's playing, who's in, who's out, who's batting where. And they're picking up some traction, and I think there's some data to be had from them because, again, short season lineup position matters and players moving up and down something is, is something to really pay attention to so we'll go through a little bit of everything touch on the fantasy analysis of it all and i hope you enjoy but let's start with the news and notes today is today's it's sunday night so you're listening to this is monday or so and it was just a crazy day it started off with the marlins and reds essentially coming down with like a little bit of a covid scare in camp you had mike mustakas wake up sick and it's all said, and so you know he's placed on the IL. So I, I believe he tested positive. Senzel feels ill. I don't think there's been a confirmed positive test for Senzel yet, but I would keep an eye on that. Garrett Cooper, uh, Harold Ramirez of the Marlins, also with uh, Jose Urania. There is just so much going on. I know they called up the catcher, Tyler Stevenson, to take up Mustakas' spot. They just called up Aquino, who actually played tonight. So he's going to be in that mix with the Reds, but be careful with the Reds. Other than Akiyama... Now, especially with Senzel out, it was Senzel. But essentially what they were doing was taking, if you started, say Winker started against a righty, if a lefty came in to pitch in like the sixth inning, they were gonna, they, they actually took him out and put Philip Irvin in to face him. And then they would take Philip Irvin out if a righty was back up. So they're really playing the matchups. With that said, I don't feel comfortable with Winker. I don't feel comfortable with Aquino because they, they didn't start him today, but he got two at-bats. So you really, how, how are you going to know when to start him when you know he might get two at-bats a game because he might come in and out of the lineup? You can't start him weekly confident with any confidence. Even daily, you know if, you, if he's starting, he might not stay in long. You just don't know what to do with these guys. So outside of Castellanos at this point, and like I said, I'm monitoring the usage of Akiyama, I'm not really touching the Reds outfield. 
And Tyler Stevenson in two catcher formats, if he actually gets some playing time in the field, I don't know what's going to happen there. Though. There's so much. There's so many moving parts. You got to think that uh, Aquino gets more run in Akiyama if if there's if there's any benef- benefiters. And that also, you know, like I said, Winker might get. We haven't just seen how that's unfolded. So follow those lineup things I put out. You'll you'll get it. When it comes to the Marlins, I'm really not sure either. Like they have depth in the minors. There is talks of them coming up as far as Jesus Sanchez and and wow, Monty Harrison. Those guys come up, they have the bats in the minors. They could be pretty solid. They're kind of interesting. But Monty Harrison being the most interesting of the two because there's a power and speed element there. And he was flashing it in the spring in spring and summer. We know the powers there. We know the speeds there. There's a lot of swing and miss in that bat and that profile as a whole. But ultimately, somebody worth speculating on and kind of stashing because he could be up early this week. I thought maybe Luis Diaz, but with Jesus Aguilar not only still you know healthy, thankfully, but kind of mashing. I mean, he has two home runs in the first three games. He's a guy that you could pick up in deeper leagues. He's playing every day. Was batting second, now batting fourth after some of the guys left the lineup today. John Birdie could play more every day as well. So he's a guy that initially didn't have really much of a position in the lineup could now have a regular spot and give you some stolen bases. He he batted second today, play the field. So there's a lot of moving parts right now with the Marlins as well. But Aguilar is one of the safe ones. So there's just there's that to look at. Spencer Howard is expected up next Friday. With that said, must add, period. There is no uh there is no wait and see with him. He can be this year's like breakout rookie pitcher. He like, everyone's all over the Nate Pearsons, the Casey Mises, the Mackenzie Gores, but Spencer Howard, very much in that tier of pitcher as far as potential goes and prospect goes. And we know he's coming up. So he's a grab. You make it happen. And maybe we could talk about some guys later when we get to the most. We're going to get to the most added list as well, as well, a little bit and some some standouts. And we'll talk about potential drops or, or I don't know, it's tough to say about drops still because I don't want to overreact. Speaking of drops, though, Verlander is supposed to miss time with a right forearm strain. He's going to be shut down for a couple weeks. That doesn't include any potential setbacks. That doesn't include ramp-up time. That doesn't include anything. He is a borderline drop. I mean, if you have an IL spot, you stash him there. But we could see literally half a season or more lost to this injury. I mean, it caused him to... We're like I'm guessing this is what caused him to change his mechanics up. He was probably trying to get through what he knew was going to be a shortened season. He's towards the end of his career. He probably wanted to try to muscle through. Didn't look bad in his in his outing, but I guess it just got too much for him to handle, and now he's going to be shut down and reassessed. Kind of have to go with that. Randall Gritchuk is day-to-day with the SI joint flaring up in his back. That's just more of like a nagging injury. I, I, I know people that have that injury. I deal with some issues on occasion, and that's just more of a nagging one that you can deal with. It's a lot. Of, I think a lot of it's just mostly discomfort and pain management, so he might need a few days off. Not sure it's going to lead to an IL stent, but it could. Ken Giles was diagnosed with right elbow soreness, will be further evaluated. That pretty much is where we're at. I mean, he might, by the time you listen to this, he might, you might have some more information. I would say, speaking of uh, saves, I guess, pick up uh, Bass for the Blue Jays. He would be the next in line to go ahead and probably get that job. I mean, I got him in TGFBI for what it's worth, but I also <laughs> made a fumble and picked somebody who's not even really on the team right now. So that's a whole other discussion. You can go on Twitter to see that one. That's kind of having itself a little bit of fun. But regardless, Anthony Bass is the guy that I, I believe next in line. And then if not him, there is a guy I'm seeing a lot of, like, not hype, but just name-playing around. Rafael Dolis. 
I guess he would be the next guy in line if it wasn't for Anthony Bass. So Rafael Dolos is just a name to keep in mind or keep your eye on. Again, very, very – that's a lot deeper of a name, but very well could be could be the uh, get the opportunity over or if Bass were to falter. Next on this news list is Will Smith was cleared to return to the team and threw a bullpen on Saturday. That suggests to me that he will be ready to go. And that's good news for the Braves' bullpen as they just – I don't think they're, they're really the strongest bullpen. And I always thought he could get, like, some saves. I'm thinking that we'll see because I mean, Mark Melanson is dealing with a back issue. It's considered day-to-day. And Melanson's supposed to be the closer for the Braves. So that that's kind of the uh, – like, we're not sure what's going on. Maybe Shane – uh, wow, what's his name? I can't believe it. I'm thinking of Shane Bieber. Wrong Shane here, guys. I'm going to look him up real quick. Shane Shane uh, Green. Jeez. Shane Green could be in line for some saves if Melanson can't suit up. So, again, watch it, see what happens. And Will Smith and Shane Green could be sneaky. Bieber, yeah. Bieber, well, speaking of Bieber, he had an amazing outing. Like over the weekend, he's <laughs> right now. Everyone's loving it. If you had him, because there was a lot of treacherous outings from your starting pitchers this week. But again, before we get to that, let's finish up some of these news and notes. Corey Kluber exited uh, Sunday's start with, against the Rockies due to right shoulder tightness. That's not good. We're talking about a guy coming off of, of a missed year. We were seeing, we were trying to see if he was going to have a bounce back. This could all but shut him down for a few weeks. He's borderline as well. He's somebody again. I L spot for sure. But if news doesn't sound good, if it's a if it's more than a mild strain or something that's going to keep him silent for a while, he is somebody you could drop as well. We don't have time to wait on these guys. The season's very short, and time is of the essence. It sucks. It hurts to do, but he could be droppable. And a guy I dropped tonight in the league was Ronaldo Lopez. I didn't start him, thankfully, but he left with right shoulder soreness after giving up four on runs in the first inning. Got to just see what happens there. I think he's still going to be streamable, if assuming he's healthy, but a guy that isn't somebody who's a mainstay in your roster, kind of a streamer type anyway. Deeper leagues, it was a 15-team league where I owned him and I dropped him. Eloy Jimenez was removed due to lightheadedness after colliding with the wall. That probably concussion-like symptoms. Probably needs it. he might need to clear the concussion protocol, but the way they worded it, might make them be able to avoid that because this isn't like the NFL where they, I don't think they just make you go into the concussion protocol and have to clear it. So I could be wrong. I'm not 100% certain on that. So just keep an eye on that. Maybe Eloy misses a game or two until he clears up. Uh, Anthony Rendon has yet to report to, as far as, uh, not report to camp, but he's yet to play in a game. This was supposed to be like a couple days, a few extra days to get healthy. He was better off retroactively going on the IL at this point. Take a few more days, get right. Don't want him to rush back. Obliques are very finicky. Obliques can easily flare up. So this is actually kind of concerning because if he rushes back and makes it worse or rushes back and plays through not being healthy, we're looking at a potentially like rough year for a guy who was a second-round pick in almost all drafts. Buxton should be back soon. That's pretty much all the news. There was no specifics. Pretty much any day now, Byron Buxton is expected back. Ryan Braun, no real injury designation, but he has missed the last two games. This is coming off after not really playing in summer as well, dealing with just like a, a, a culmination of injuries. This kind of assures like playing time for the likes of for the likes of uh, Justin Smoke and Avi Garcia, which they were already kind of getting every day. But that now this really does almost secure it more so for Smoke than Braun or for than uh, Garcia. Austin Meadows will play in a simulated game Sunday, so that today. And 
he's at the Rays alternate site, so I'm guessing he's just going to get up to speed, and he'll be probably be back by midweek, late next week, the latest. So we'll we'll have to, we'll have to monitor how that lineup shakes out with him back because there's a lot of moving parts every day in that lineup, and I'm not sure if they're going to platoon Meadows. They shouldn't. They they didn't really su- show or suggest that they would do something like that, but it is the Rays, and the Rays are going to do what the Rays think are best. They're very analytically driven. They're very big on matchups. And to ease them in, that wouldn't surprise me if they started off platooning them. So there might be a buy low window. So just keep that in mind because right now the owner isn't going to be selling. But if he comes back, starts off slow and starts platooning a little bit, there might be a buy low window until the Rays ramp them up because they, they are a playoff team or they have playoff aspirations. I think they will make the playoffs. Kershaw and Strasburg were scratched. This is the last piece I'm going to touch on because there was so much. I probably missed some. I've, I've been covering it. I, I promise you. Go on Twitter, and Twitter's ablaze with the news and stuff. And, again, hit me up with any questions. Maybe I missed some and you want me to talk about it. I'll gladly uh, respond to you on Twitter. But Kershaw and Strasburg were both scratched. Kershaw was, obviously was opening day. He, it was the back. He has a back issue. We know that. And because of that, like this doesn't really surprise me, but it was, retroact- it was re- retroactive. So hopefully that means he'll be back midweek this week. Strasburg's more a little more concerning. He said he felt it and he felt this nerve issue in his hand in his last summer camp start. Then he got scratched last minute from his actual start, got an injection, kind of waiting to hear an update on that one. But other than that, it's kind of just concerning because it doesn't seem like it's going away. It could be like a, a, a nerve, just a nerve issue can linger. It's It could be a pinched nerve. It could be something like that. So again, we just have to monitor that situation. He might be out of starter too. I'm not sure at this point. Other than that, there's just a few guys I kind of want to talk about as a whole. And I think I like the way I went about it was I just decided to go to the like the most added list on Yahoo because I was like, there's just so much going on. But there's a few names that popped into my head right away. And there's a guy that I've been touting all weekend. It's Kyle Lewis. I came into the season loving the guy. I made sure I drafted him in a lot of my final drafts. And he has started off as hot as you could get. He's had two home runs. He went two for four today with another run scored. No home run today, though. But his two home runs came off Verlander and McCullers. And again, Verlander, even though he's hurt, he pitched very well at first game. Lewis was the only person, I think, that touched him up for a run. So there's there's a lot of excitement there. And he's batting. he was batting third today, so they've already moved him up into like the premier spot in the lineup. He won't have a lot of RBI opportunities because that team's not best, but he is looking like he's poised for a if, if it's not a breakout, then it could be just a very, very hot streak. And people, I've heard people like ask me, like, well, isn't he just like Austin Riley? And to that, I say, didn't we see Austin Riley do amazing things for like a 40 game or a 30 game stretch or like a month and a half, whatever it was? If that's all Kyle Lewis gives you and he falls off a cliff, then you drop him or you trade your, or you sell high. But Kyle Lewis is a guy, he, he's he's actually the most added player in Yahoo. He's up to 34%. I've been telling you to get him since he was about what, 5 10% owned. So now he's a guy that you've got to get him on your roster. And another guy on the most uh, added list is uh, Kike Hernandez. was actually a guy on my streamer chart for the first day. I saw them trending towards playing him. Gavin Lux was out. And Kike has just kind of done his thing ever since. He's He started off obviously hot with the home run on opening night, five RBIs. Since then, it's kind of cooled off. One for one, one for one so far tonight. And one for five of the night after. But, you know, like I say, it's kind of cooled off. It is what it is. You can't, I mean, it's going to happen. But a guy that I was wrong about so far in the year is Joey Votto. This guy came in with something to prove. He's hit home runs on two uh, in two of the first three games. He's played every day. They have been against Detroit, and it has been at home for in Great America uh, Ballpark. But it's still encouraging nonetheless, and he is batting second every day consistently. So that is something to pay attention to. 
because play appearances are key. And if he's playing every single day, and he's even he even home run off a lefty, so that's something to already pay attention to and just be excited for. Another guy people are kind of asking a lot about is Jose Peraza. He had that really strong start to the season, four for five, two runs, two RBI, and then since then has gone zero for eight. And this is why I wasn't saying, hey, go out and grab him. I was like, let's watch him. These are the Orioles he is playing against. Today, he did lead off against a lefty. That is something worth noting. But if he doesn't start hitting the ball more, he's just going to be relegated back to that nine hole. And he is, at the very least, on the strong side of a platoon, it sounds like, with Chavez and Michael Chavis. Chavis, Chavis, I always say it wrong. Michael Chavis, I believe it is. He seems to be on the, on the weak side of a t- platoon for sure. Little to no... Uh, like confidence of him playing as righties. We've seen him only against lefties, and it's usually platooning with Mitch Moreland with Praza playing every day. And then we have, uh, except for, yeah, wait, no. I was right. <laughs> and then, of course, we have uh, Ross Stripling is up, is up there as well, and he's just, but he's too owned at this point, so I'm not going to really talk about him much, but he looked great. The next guy worth mentioning is Garrett Richards. He definitely showed out tonight. He, he threw five innings, six Ks, no one runs exactly what you're hoping to see i mean we're hoping he stays healthy and in a short year they he can you have to remember the padres went out and acquired him on a two-year deal knowing they weren't getting anything out of him last year this year he's on a contract year he's on a team that needs the starting pitching and he's on a team that wants to compete they're probably gonna let him loose i don't see them holding him back and i think he's just gonna pitch five to six innings a game assuming that he actually holds up health wise so he is only 37 percent owned change that add him to your teams other than that, there's a couple other names, and they're lesser-owned, but like, CJ Crone, you see him climbing up the ownership as well. He's 40% owned now, but he was barely like 30% owned at the beginning of the week. And the guy's that guy has two home runs and four RBIs in these three games against the Reds, so good pitching. He's batting cleanup every day, and he's just doing CJ Crone things. I mean, we saw we knew the power was there. We're hoping for the batting average to not fall out from under him, but it looks like he's on a, a hot start. He could be good for the whole year. I mean, he was a guy that was universally should be universally owned almost. Not not in your ten team leagues, but in twelve team leagues or any team any league with a corner infield spot, he should be owned. So he, he again, he's still someone who's relatively uh, uh, available, but not completely. And they have G Man Choi, only four percent owned. And this is definitely a deeper league play. He's a guy who's going to platoon against right handed bats. So deeper leagues or daily leagues, this is big power. In out of a out of a right sided out of a strong sided platoon, a guy last year in front of ten at bats put up nineteen home runs and had an OPS of eight twenty two. So again, the power is very much real and a great guy to get in your deeper formats. A couple other big names that were just big performances. We mentioned um, Shane Bieber had a great outing, fourteen Ks, hold the whole deal. Carrasco, although it was like a triple a triple A team at best, he faced today. At best, he faced today. It was still. A solid outing. You just want to see him healthy. He dominated the team he was supposed to dominate. Six innings, 10 Ks, and a win. Beautiful start. And hopefully he can stay healthy for the short season. And his health is more of like actual medical concerns, not necessarily holding up. Although he did deal with a little bit minor injury in the preseason. So we just have to cross our fingers there. And Clevenger as well had just a solid outing. So basically the Indians had solid outings, but they also did face the Royals. So that's to be expected. Players, I mean, there's more of them, but the names that popped in my head right away that struggled that – I'm not obviously dropping at this point, but definitely monitoring or benching until further notice are Paxton and Otani. They both got blown up. They both just didn't have their stuff, weren't locating, just ugly. And Otani I'm more concerned about because he's a one-star guy every week, and it's a Sunday. 
So, I mean, in leagues where he's only a pitcher like Yahoo, I have him in one league, and I'm thinking about dropping him, but it's really hard to. So I'm kind of just stashing him because there's not much better on the waiver wire. But Paxton's very concerning because he had all his time to get ready. He's, his, his velocity's down. His control wasn't there. I'm definitely benching him again. Another guy, I, I, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't buy low on him. I'm a little concerned. But I would definitely, I still wouldn't drop him. I would definitely stash him. And the last one that popped in my head was Guy Giolito. He's the opposite. I'm not really concerned at all. He had a really tough matchup against the Twins. The Twins have come out hitting on all cylinders. I mean, you have uh, Nelson Cruz already with three home runs on the season. I mean, you can't really, there's not much you could do about that. He's the guy that, I mean, it is what it is. The Twins are just that good. And their offense is one of the best, if not the best in the game. And they showed it last year. They got better by adding Donaldson. Giolito just had a rough outing. I mean, I bought low on him. You should probably go buy low on him. He's a guy I would definitely recommend right now going out, making an offer, and seeing what you can get. Moving over to – oh, I lied. Last few few standouts. Again, just broad stroking the standouts. You have John Carlos Stanton looking healthy as ever, hitting a couple home runs early on in the season. It's good to see him have, have that swing back and, again, just showing that he is healthy. I mentioned Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is another guy that, again, is just showing out. Age is not a factor. And then you have Tommy Pham, who just wants to steal out, still, st- just wants to steal bases at will. The guy is just a monster on the base pass right now. Four stolen bases, and just oh, it seems like what well, he has it seems like he has a green light every at every opportunity. Moving over to speculative saves, there are so many uh, potential people to go for saves, none of which anybody really wants. Anthony Bass, we already mentioned. Nick Birdie pitched a solid, clean inning. It wasn't in a save opportunity. The Pirates aren't going to win many games, but I think Nick Birdie is the guy to own there over Kyle Crick and any other relief pitcher until Keona Kelly gets back. Greg Holland picked up the save, not uh, what's-his-face from the Royals. Oh, my goodness, I'm losing my mind here. Kennedy, Ian Kennedy. That's right. He, Ian Kennedy, I believe, came in in the sixth, pit, pitched a multi-ending outing. Not surprised. Can't say I'm surprised at all. And because of that, I'm like, I'm just, I moved off of Kennedy. I had no shares already, but Holland, I guess, like, I thought Rosenthal would get a shot first or or uh, Barlow, but Nick, I guess Greg Holland's the guy. So go out and uh, make a, I guess, if you need saves bad enough, I'm kind of putting him in order of preference because the next guy up is Trevor Gott. And he might be a guy you've never heard of until, you know, the fact that he got a save for the Giants the other night. And the Giants, again, another team that's not going to win a lot of games, but he got the save opportunity just worth monitoring. Taylor Williams from the Mariners, same exact idea. Another team that's just not good. Another closer on a, in a bad situation still might get you saves. Got the one save opportunity they've had so far. Another guy I'm not so certain will get saves is Cole Sussler. Cole just – he actually ended up grabbing it on a two-inning – save so i think it's still Givens' job he just happened they just happened to kind of roll with him back out there probably after a strong first inning let him finish out the game so those are where you're speculating where if you want to speculate on saves you can go out and do do so and then now the lineup stuff this is the stuff i really just every day have so much fun doing it's a lot of it, it can be a lot of times but we're going to go through these lineups and see what we can see what we can find and try to take away we'll go over today's because if you go to Twitter, just type in the search, search the search function. Type in hashtag lineup takeaways. I actually purposely created a, a hashtag so you can search it because when you search it, I'm the only stuff that's on there. My all the takeaways from each day are dated, and you'll be able to find them all in one area. So again, that's hashtag lineup takeaways. You'll be able to see the threads. Obviously, share and retweet greatly appreciate it. But let's just go down the line of teams. 
the Tigers are kind of just whatever. The top four are solidified. But guys like uh, I guess it's Jaime Candelario, a guy that we thought could have broken out last year. And Cameron Mabin, a guy initially I was a little bit in on because I thought he was going to lead off. He's not. He's been batting seventh. But they were out today. And I'm a big Victor Reyes guy. I have been for a while. But because of Mabin signing, I wasn't really in on him. He got the start. Worth monitoring. And I think he even got a steal today. And this is exactly why I was in on him way back before they signed Mabin, which, again, there's recordings way back when. And I was just saying you should get this guy. I mean, he only went one for four today, but he got the stolen bases. And that was my only thing about him. The hit tools there. He won't walk a lot. But he makes a lot of contact. Has high-end speed, top-end speed, whatever you want to say. And the guy can just steal bases. And he did so today. So if we see that transition in playing time, grab him for stolen bases. The Reds, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, just a complete mess as far as like, uh, as far as between the COVID stuff, the in and out of the lineups every every five minutes. Just not a team I want to mess with streaming wise. But otherwise, again, healthy. We'll keep we with continue monitoring the Reds lineup because with all these players out, it's going to kind of change. But what you won't, what you will see is a top four, usually Winker against right-handed pitchers leading off. Philip Irvin against left. That could change to Aquino. I don't know. We'll, we're, again, we're going to have to monitor that one, but we'll see what happens there. And then you, it follows with um, usually – let's look that up actually real quick. Completely forgot. I blanked. I should know this by now because, again, I do this every day. But it usually goes Winker. I even mentioned it. Votto earlier. So Winker, Votto, Votto Suarez, Castellanos. Votto, Suarez, and Castellanos are a solid two, three, four in any lineup. Unfortunately, they, they they're down moose for now. But you know those two, three, and four are always sticking there for the Reds. The Royals are just the Royals. You think you haven't figured it out, and then today they throw out something that's very interesting. They put Frenchy Cordero hasn't played at all, but he finally got a chance to play today, and he batted seventh. That's fantastic. But but when they did that, they seem to sh- they shifted Merrifield to second, Franco to first. O'Hearn's over, uh, returning soon, so could that mess with things? Would just put Franco back at third because their third baseman was um, Mejia. And then you also had Bubba Starling out and Brett Phillips actually in form batting ninth. So there's a lot of moving parts there. But again, the core of the lineup is still the core of the lineup. Probably the top six batters don't get messed with. I do expect Franchi to eventually get more playing time because that's what they they acquired him for a reason. You got to think. The Orioles, apparently Jose Iglesias is a, is a three-hole hitter in 2020. That's who's the three-hole hitter. Seems to be there. Seems like we have to accept it. I still have very little interest in terms of fantasy, although he did do well, I believe, today. Ronaldo Nunez down to the seventh spot. Lowest we've seen him, and that's not good for his because you you got him to be a thumper, to be that cleanup hitter that you get that you can just trust, plug in, and kind of move on. But if he hits low in lineup, that's kind of concerning. Meanwhile, Rio Rio Ruiz moved up today to clean up. They were facing a lefty. I'm not sure how that really affects things for them. This could be their new lefty heavy lineup. And Rio Ruiz does have two home runs on the year in two games. So that could be part of the issue. As I double check to make sure that they faced a lefty, because then if they did not, then that's even more concerning for Ronaldo Nunez. No, it was alrighty. I was wrong because I thought that's what I thought. I thought Nunez, yeah, Nunez crushes lefties and not so much against righties. This could be a bit of a concern because this will put him in most occasions. At least he's playing every day, but he'll be batting. He could be batting bottom half of the lineup against majority of the pitchers he faces. Just something to watch out for. The Pirates, you go ahead and look at what they did. And just Newman was out for the day. No real surprise there. And, I mean, just no real surprises in terms of just getting them day off, whatever. 
Dyson's back in, but was batting seventh instead of his usual nine hole. So if he moves up in the lineup a little bit, then that could help boost his uh, his value because that's more chances to stolen bases. But the Pirates aren't really exciting as a whole, so not much to say there. And of course, just when you think you know what the Rays are going to do, they make you realize you have no idea. I mean, they're facing a right-handed pitcher, and they actually sat Susugo today. This is coming off back-to-back games, though, so maybe they're just giving him a rest. They put Hunter Renfro in, who's known to crush lefties, not so much righties. They did put G-Man Choi leading off, and again, I mentioned him. He leads off against right-handed pitching for the most part. I don't see that changing. Uh, Yandi Diaz is actually bat. He has actually been batting on top three of that lineup each game so far. So he's playing against lefties and righties, batting in the top three against both. Definitely something worth monitoring because a team that like this with the Rays that we all know is a good team. If they're actually playing somebody every day, that means that they're going to probably have a good year. So Yandi Diaz, somebody worth paying attention to. And Brandon Lau played against righties, sat against the lefty. We thought that could happen. It did. But Brandon Lau is doing pretty solid things against right-handed pitching. So even in weekly formats, he does take a little bit of a, of a value hit. And a little bit, it's a little harder to play him. But he is providing enough work against righties to possibly justify a middle infield role. Depends how much you're hurting. Because, again, a lot of these drafts happened so long ago. He might be your starting second baseman. I had that situation, and I'm just rolling it out there. The skill set is still the skill set. Just hope he just has a hotter 60 games versus a colder. The Red Sox, uh, Ben Attendee gets getting a rest day. Nothing really see there except for, again, I mentioned Praza let off. This is this was against a lefty, so we saw Kevin Pillar get in there as well. Verdugo actually hit it today against the lefty. He sat the first game against the lefty. I think Verdugo is going to be managed a little bit for the back this year. I don't see Verdugo leading off, although if Peraza continues to struggle, then Verdugo might get those leadoff chances when Ben Attendee is out. So we got to pay attention to that. But Verdugo is very much a hold in leagues. Would not I wouldn't go out. Maybe if you felt confident about it, go out and buy low. But he's not somebody I would drop yet. Just somebody just I'm watching. And I'll play him as long as he's playing. But we're not sure exactly what's going to happen. And I mentioned before, Michael Chavis and um, Mitch Moreland are on a platoon. Lefty-righty seems pretty strict at this point for those two. The Indians, Domingo is in, then he's out, and then he's in. So he's played two out of three. Domingo Santana is a guy that I expected to play every day, but that doesn't seem to be the case. They seem to have this thing about getting Bradley Zimmer in the lineup. They actually sat Mercado, which is what I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to start playing this whole like three outfielders for two spots thing because I just don't know what's going on. They, they Mercado's at, out for whatever reason to get Zimmer and Santana in. And when Santana was out, it was for Zimmer and Mercado. So tomorrow we could very much see Mercado and Domingo and Zimmer out. And then just kind of this rotation between the three of them, just kind of giving them all playing time, which really hurts Mercado because Mercado was already batting in the bottom half of the lineup. And now you add in the fact that he might not play every day, kind of just ruins it all for me. The Cardinals are just kind of plugging in the same lineup. What, what I will mention about it is that Tommy Edmond, I've been saying for a while he might be playing third base, and it seems to be the case because he's playing third base every day, but he's batting second, which is really nice. There was a chance he was going to bat in the bottom half of the lineup. Seeing him bat at the top at the top of the lineup really adds to his value. Great get if you got him in this draft season, and he's. So I think it'll just come around. The speed will be there. The hit tool is there, and we'll just see what happens. Mankato today for the White Sox was out resting, but he's been hitting second in that lineup. The bat's been uh, coming alive early. So there's nothing to worry about there. Eloy, they seem to move him up and down the lineup a little bit. They actually had him up to the Sioux hole today with Mankata out, but they moved him back down for now. Put Demonico up at two. 
Either way, it's a weird thing, and it seems like Luis Robert is going to be hitting seventh forever. No matter what he does, he had a home run today, so maybe he'll move up, but he's hitting seventh, and that seems to be it, but that's probably good for him. Maybe he won't feel the pressure. That middle lineup is stacked. I mean, there's not really much places for him to hit anyway. The Mariners, Evan White's off to a slow start, so they moved him to the five hole. Maybe that's going to be just until his bat gets going. He was batting second for the first couple games. J.P. Crawford moved up into the two-hole in the meantime. And Kyle Lewis, like I mentioned before, goes from cleanup to third. Not a huge change, but that should get him a few extra at-bats and put him in, um, give him a little bit of uh, protection with Kyle Seager hanging behind him. The Twins, they have two separate lineups, essentially. One for lefties, one for righties. You just got to know which is playing. When they play lefties, they have Garver leading off and Kepler at the bottom of the lineup with a few, and Sano hitting higher. Today's a righty. They usually have Sano hitting lower. Garver, Garver hitting in the middle of the lineup around sixth spot, and then they put Polanco either uh, third, I believe, and then they put Kepler leading off. So you just got to know which way is which. Today, Sano and Garver actually sat, and then when Buxton returns, Buxton's probably going to slot to the bottom of the lineup anyway. The Nationals. Soto still hasn't returned. He needs one more negative test before returning. He had one negative test so far, so he's halfway there. Robles, Victor Robles was batting seventh today. That's great. We're seeing him hit his way up the lineup because he's been batting ninth. Which was a ter- which was terrible for his uh, his production, terrible for his fantasy value. But if we can see him hit to the top of the lineup, or even even hitting at seventh, that's way more acceptable and doable, and we could deal with that compared to ninth. So I'll take I'll take my win. That, that's a win, right? There. I'll take that as a win. The Yankees, you had Hicks, Gardner, and Gary Sanchez out, which gave playing time to Miguel Andujar, Michael Mike Talkman, and that's pretty much it. Not really worth mentioning because those guys aren't going to play regularly. You have a lineup that's so stacked in the Yankees, top to bottom. They have their regular starters. Seeing these guys that we were hoping for, like Talkman and Andujar, those are droppable players at this point. I, I hate to say it because I was actually a big Andujar guy, but unless there's an injury, Andujar is not going to get regular at-bats, and he can't be rostered because of that. The Phillies sat uh, Ramon Roman, Roman Quinn. I keep calling him Ramon. It's Roman Quinn. <laughs> they keep they sat Roman Quinn and Andrew McCutcheon today. Gave Hazley leadoff. Hazley went, I believe, four for six in the process. So, although Hazley has been losing playing time to uh, I did it again Roman Quinn, <laughs> even though Hazley's been losing playing time to Quinn, if if Tay was anything, maybe he gets a little bit more run. Maybe Quinn gets bumped, but if Quinn continues to get more of the the playing time, the speeds are very much real and can do some damage. So, just again, another guy to monitor, see what happens there. Hazy won't lead off anytime McCutcheon's in the lineup. This was a situational thing. The Astros are going to Astro. They did give Kyle Tucker finally a shot yesterday, but I think that was because Elenis Diaz was out injured. And then today, facing a right or facing a lefty, they sat Kyle Tucker again. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they they played a guy named Taylor Jones over uh, to Kyle Tucker. Like even though Kyle Tucker isn't strong against lefties. He's playing like he's getting. They're talking about they played a guy named Taylor Jones over him, which I'm not gonna lie to you, and act like I've heard of this guy. No idea who this guy is. And I had to look him up for the first time today, and nothing really, it really didn't pique my interest. I was like, okay. I mean, 26 year old, he's put up some power numbers last year in AAA, but I don't know. I mean, he's flashed pop with some batting average here and there, but nothing. He's never flashed anything that we've seen like Kyle Tucker do. So for him to get the spot, I just, I guess the Brewers, I mean, the Astros are one of the smartest and, and most analytically driven teams in the in the major leagues. So I guess they know what they're doing. I just don't get it. But again, I'm not there. <laughs> the Brewers, Brown, we mentioned, remained out. 
He could be droppable. You got to pay attention. Sogard has been leading off against righties. Kane batting for the bottom lineup against righties. I mean, we'll see how long that sticks. It depends on Sogard performing. But as long as that sticks, that makes Sogard very intriguing in the deepest of formats because he's getting the at-bats, and that's all we want. Justin Smoke, again, I mentioned he's the one who's been gaining um, a lot of this from Brown being out thing. He's playing first base and or and or DH and batting in the lineup. And then you have Abby Garcia also off for us today, giving Lomo a chance to get the bat in the lineup. I mean, I wouldn't expect much from Lomo going forward. But again, Braun being out opens opportunities, opens doors for other players to get a chance. You have the Cubs. They've put Nico Horner back in. I don't know what's going on there with him and Kipnis. I thought maybe it was a lefty-righty thing, but Kipnis being a lefty, the fact that he sat against a righty, I don't know. I don't know what they're going on, what they're doing there. But Horner's played two out of three to Kipnis's one out of three, obviously. So just something to pay attention there. Not exactly sure what's going on, but Hap continues to play every single day. And although he's batting ninth, he could very well hit his way up that lineup because in three in three games he has two home runs, and he's batting. Well, he has what three hits and four, seven, eleven at bats. So. Do the math. He's doing very well right now, but being at the bottom of the lineup really hinders his up his potential and ceiling. But he is a guy that you should be adding in leagues. He is only forty one percent owned, and the power is very much playing, very much real. And he actually has some speed he hasn't tapped into yet, but very well could. David Dahl and the Rockies. The Rockies. I've just given up hope with them. But David Dahl is playing his third straight game. Health is always a concern, but not right now. So you got to ride it while it's hot. Hampson is playing against lefties, period. He's not in against righties. This makes him droppable to me in a lot of leagues because you can't – I mean, you can hold on if you can, if you have the room stash him, but playing again, playing only against lefties limits the upside as a whole. And if you're chasing speed, he there's a chance that he comes up with two or three steals in a game where he pinch runs or something. And are you really going to start him on a day he's not slated to start? So that's kind of tough, kind of annoying to deal with. But you do have Sam Hilliard who – Similar kind of like that has the speed, but actually has a little more power. He's playing. He's playing every day against righties for now. We'll see how that goes. And then you have Murphy and Kemp, kind of platooning. It seems like Murphy plays against righties. Kemp got the start against lefty so far at DH batting fifth. Murphy has been batting fifth, but didn't bat fifth against a lefty. So they might be in a platoon. I guess Kemp actually is going to play for the Rockies this year. Wow. The Marlins mentioned it at the at the start of the show. Not much to mention now. All these players are out. Birdie playing sec- batting second. I'm not gonna repeat myself on the Marlins. The Blue Jays, you have the top four kind of solidified in Bichette, Biggio, Lourdes Gurriel, and then Vlad. And then usually followed by Travis Shaw and then Gritchuk. But Gritchuk is day to day. This might give Telez more run at that, you know, five spot, six spot area, which he was batting right behind that anyway. You have the Rangers. Oh, sorry. I'm going back to the, the maybe you want to mention, or I should make uh, you, maybe I should mention that the catcher situation. I've been just watching it because last year they did split a lot of time. Jensen has played two out of three. So it's just worth monitoring because Reese McGuire did, did kind of split time with him down the stretch last year. So if Jensen is splitting time with Reese, it kind of limits both of their upside. But I mean, we'll take any production out of a catcher. I mean, we have guys like Francisco Mejia who hasn't even started the game, but was a guy that I was kind of high on, thought he maybe he could break out for the bat, but it isn't getting a chance to swing the bat. Anyway, I digress. The Rangers, they're facing the first left-handed pitcher of the season, and Solak was batting second. He's the guy that was in while Cal- for the first game. Calhoun was out. Calhoun came in against righty. Solak sat, and now Solak got a start against the lefty. I'm not sure. And they both played today, Calhoun and Solak. I'm not sure if they're going to both play 
every day maybe maybe Solak will finally get some everyday bats but we will see i mean that would make the most sense and Elvis andrews moved up against the lefty typically hits two the, in the two spot against the righty no not a huge change for him he's kind of just solidified in the top of that lineup but again the Solak thing is intriguing gotta watch that one talked about the reds already uh, I, oh there was an update because Zenzel was in out and then Zenzel was out today in and then back out. He scratched. I believe he scratched himself because he wasn't feeling well. The Athletics, Mark Canna is back in. He started versus lefty and righty, but he actually took a day off in between. Piscotti has played two out of three, and Grossman has you know Grossman has also played two out of three. So there's like that again that similar rotation as the Indians. It seems like Canna, Piscotti, and Grossman are in two out of two for two people are getting like that came to speak right now. You have three people fighting for two spots, and it seems like a, a rotating door because you have Loriano playing just about every day. So this could be a little bit of a knock on Canna. We expect him to play every day, but he might be in this little three-man rotation for two spots in the outfield. And this is the first game that Tony Kemp was actually in uh, playing second base. First time Chad Pinder was not playing second today. And apparently Franklin Barreto will never be a thing ever again. The Angels, uh, Rendon remained out. We talked about that one. Fletcher continues to lead off and plays third. So when Rendon does come back, I anticipate Fletcher still leading off, playing second in the Listella, bouncing around and being in and out of the lineup on occasion. But without Rendon and Otani, this lineup looks very weak today. So that was like that's really like you go from having one of the strongest lineups or one of or a very strong lineup majority of a week to like nothing when those two are out. Not nothing. You always have Mike Trout, but it's definitely a lot weaker, a lot less daunting. So if you could line up a pitcher against when Otani's out and if Rendon's sitting or something, you know you got yourself a decent little matchup. The Braves, Matt Adams continues to DH for right-handed pitching. No real surprise there. Swanson has hit his way up to the six hole, hit another home run tonight. The Braves did just completely wreck the Mets tonight, though. Just It was like a home run derby. Riley continues to play every day. like to see that he hit a, a light tower shot tonight. It was fantastic. And then, of course, you have Contreras, still sneaky. He's still a sneaky option for uh, catchers. Nothing beyond two catcher leagues, of course, but he is playing halfway uh, frequently. I mean, he's put and yeah, he played. Well, he got one at bat last night, and then tonight he went three for five. But again, this was a game where everybody in the Braves uniform was hitting the ball. Might not play every day. Just somebody to look at in two in the deepest of two catcher leagues. The Padres. We still only have a few more teams left. The Padres. After two left-handed pitchers finally saw their first right-handed pitcher, and Grisham finally hit in the top of the lineup, he hit second. He hits at the bottom against lefties, but he plays every day. That's the most important part. You know, you have Tommy Pham hitting cleanup, and he's been stealing at will, regardless of where he's hitting. He's just going to have – he's in for a big year, and he seems motivated. He's playing hard, and he's really, really out there, man. It's impressive how you can just see the intensity – in, in the way he's playing right now. If Eric Hosmer finally putting the ball in the air more, maybe we have, we have to see some of the stat cast numbers and such as they come in. But we're looking at a guy here who missed one game, but he has played really well. Otherwise, he tonight he had a home run. It was one for two. He was three for four with six RBIs on opening day. Maybe he's finally putting the ball in the air more. Maybe he's finally doing what we've always hoped for him to do. Profar has batted cleanup two out of four games or two out of three games and they were against lefties. So that's worth monitoring maybe against lefties hit the middle lineup. But then tonight he had a stolen base was, but he was batting seventh against the righty. So he is playing every day. That is again, worth paying attention to worth monitoring. And you have Myers playing every day as well at DH or the outfield batting sixth. power speed, take a chance on them. When it comes to just the rest of the lineup, you have Ty France and Alvarez and Josh Naylor, 
kind of all fighting for DH slash outfield uh, playing time. It's kind of a mess. None of which do I want to own right now. The Mets are kind of switching things up. They put Rosario leading off against the lefty today. Nimmo plays every day, but Nimmo's at the bottom of the lineup. They don't really have any guys that they switch in and out of the lineup all that much. They just kind of move players around. J.D. Davis did play uh, bat second against a lefty first time around. This time around, he batted, batted six, but he's playing every day again. That's all we can hope for and ask for. It's what we wanted coming into the year. Hopefully, he gets going soon. The Giants, they're the Giants. Yastrzemski leads off. Dubon down in the bottom of the lineup. And Wilmer Flores randomly sitting here and hitting second and third. And he had a home run over these last three days. So there's that. The Dodgers are going to Dodger. They have a lefty-righty lineup. They go up and down lefty-righty batters. They flip-flop all the way down. And I'm not sure what to make of this yet. We had I thought Pollock might have been a a platoon uh an issue having an issue with platoons, but he actually missed time with a family issue, came back, and he just happened to play against two left hand left-handed pitchers. I think he could be mostly the everyday DH slash outfielder. Jock will sit against lefties, and Chris Taylor might be his platoon mate. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe I was a little premature on assuming Pollock wouldn't be playing every day, but we have yet to see him hit against a righty. I think he will, though. His career, he struggled against righties last year, but as a career hitter, he hits the same against lefties and righties. So I don't know what, maybe just last year because he crushed lefties and struggled against righties. Maybe they're playing to that. So there's a little bit of both, not sure which way to go. But that's pretty much what's going on with these lineups. I'm sure if I miss anything, let me know. Um, I do appreciate listening as always. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin, the Bases Loaded Pod, at Bases Loaded Pod. Please hit that five-star rating and review. We are 10 ratings away from 100 ratings. I'm trying to get that 100 rating mark. So please hit a quick five stars. And if you feel if you feel like it, leave a review on the way out as well. As always, we appreciate listening. Fantasy Baseball is back. Everything's going crazy, and we're in for a wild ride in the short season. Stay tuned. Stick with us, and we'll talk to you soon.